this is Azur Siddiqui here for this week's edition for the Wise Up podcast. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can check out my Wise Up Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at WiseUp, W-I-S-E-U-P, it's one word. Find my podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, along with my weekly segment on Radio Azad. Become educated, get wiser, start giving a hoot. So, a lot has happened this past week in the political world. Today's segment will include the latest political news, along with a great interview with Ana Ramon, who is the Executive Director for the Texas House Democratic Campaign Committee. But first, let's start with the latest political news. Primaries are happening today in the state of Wisconsin for both the Republican and Democratic parties. The Republican delegates would be 42 and the Democratic delegates would be 96. It is projected that Ted Cruz will win the Republican side and Bernie Sanders will win on the Democratic side, which would be a huge boost for both of them because of the delegate count. Wisconsin is a pretty big state. So that will be something to watch for tonight. Upcoming in April 8th and April 9th, there will be the Colorado primaries for the Republican side, and and on April 9th, it'll be the Democratic caucus for the state of Wyoming. One of the biggest primaries that's coming up is the state of New York, where Bernie Sanders is originally from, where Hillary Clinton was the senator for, and they've agreed to do a debate, so I think... In New York, it is going to be a very contested primary, a very interesting debate to watch. So I think that's something to really listen up for in the news. As far as anything really crazy going on, we know that Donald Trump has been flip-flopping about his stance on abortion. He had made a very controversial comment about how ladies who attain abortions should be punished. And of course, the media went into an uproar and he's been kind of backtracking and going back and forth on it. But who knows what his thoughts are because he does tend to flip-flop a lot. But at the end of the day, this is the only big news that we've had in the past week regarding Donald Trump. So I guess we can be thankful for that. I wanted to also discuss some South Asian news that's been happening around in Texas and in America that's also dealing with Muslims as well. Unfortunately, there was an incident in Fort Bend ISD, which is part of the southwest part of Houston, and a 12-year-old Muslim boy was called a terrorist by his school teacher and then mocked by his uh, classmates. The district's call that this was an isolated event and that the teacher has been suspended for the time being. In other news, a decorated Sikh soldier will be allowed to wear a turban and beard while serving the U.S. Army. There have been three more Sikh soldiers that have sued the army for the same religious accommodations. So that's it for this week's political news. We will now be moving on to my political interview with Ana Ramon. Joining me today is Ana Ramon. Ana and I both worked for the Texas House of Representatives this past legislative session, but for different representatives. When you work in Texas politics, even though session is just six months, you can easily work 100 plus hours a week, seven days a week, and you really get to know your peers really well. I got to know Anna pretty well, and she's worked for Representative Freyas 
for five years and two years as his chief of staff. She is now the executive director of the Texas House Democratic Campaign Committee. So thank you, Anna, for joining us today. I'm so happy you're here to talk to us about some of the important local health races coming up in November. Happy to be here and thanks for the invite. So would you like to give us a general overview of what the Texas House Democratic Campaign Committee does? Yes, so the Texas House Democratic Campaign Committee, or the HCCC, is a bit of a mouthful, but our main goal is to bring more Democratic House members to the Texas legislature. Uh, it is run by four current House members from all over the state, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, El Paso, and our goal is to make sure that we bring more colleagues and friends to the House that promote Democratic values and also protect our current House members that are doing the good work that they are now in Texas. Awesome. How long has this organization been around? It's been around for almost a decade now, and it was started off with a bit more cheery <laughs> side. The house was almost at a 50-50 split. Unfortunately, yeah. in 2000, yeah, unfortunately, in 2010, we uh, saw a bit of a drawback, and now our numbers are quite lower. We're not close to that 50-50 mark. But this upcoming, <laughs> no. this upcoming cycle, yeah, this upcoming cycle hopefully will will bring us a little bit closer to being a bit more solid in the Texas legislature. <laughs> well, good luck to you for this election Thank cycle. Uh, so basically, when Anna and I worked on the Texas House, we both worked for Democratic candidates, and a lot of what we worked on was passing legislation for our representative district, and at times killing bills, which we would spend yes. quite a few hours and doing a lot of meticulous reading. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but basically, the Texas House it, uh, passes bills. It's the same as Congress, the bicameral legislature. And then once the bill is passed in the House, it'll go on to the Senate. And if it's passed there, it goes to the governor and he signs it in. I intend to do a much more detailed segment on how the Texas House works, but that's for another day. But I wanted to ask Anna, what are the major cities that South Asians are located in Texas? I think the most notable are definitely Houston and Dallas. I think if you look at the recent 2010, the most recent census data, one of the largest, uh, some of the largest Asian populations are actually in the United States are in Houston and Dallas. And most notable, the Asian American Federation released information back in 2012 that stated, that stated Texas is one of the five states with the largest South Asian population. Even further than that, um, some of the major cities in San Antonio, such as Houston, Dallas, um, and those areas actually have like the largest Nepali populations, Pakistani populations, Sri Lanka state, uh, populations in the whole nation. And it's just been phenomenal, the growth in the South Asian population in the last 10 years. I think a lot of people get confused and think Latinos and the Mexican-American or the those other Latin American populations are the fastest growing immigrant populations. But quite the contrary, it is the South Asian population and other Asian populations. So I think that's a misnomer. And I'm really happy that I kind of get to put some of this information out there how big and important these populations are in some of our biggest democratic regions in Texas. Yeah, I definitely think some of the statistics you said were really surprising. I didn't think that 
I mean, I knew that South Asians are up and coming, but I didn't think our largest population would be in Texas. It wasn't until Absolutely. I started doing a little bit more research, and I was like, oh, wow, we can definitely make a huge impact in Texas especially. Exactly. I think one of the most notable and even – so one of the fastest-growing South Asian populations in the metropolitan area is even San Antonio. We're seeing so much tech and medical growth and these high-powered, high-education jobs, and we're trying to bring the best people in, and just happens to be uh, South Asian. So <laughs> please keep coming to bring so much – so much knowledge and information to San Antonio and the greater Bear County region. I, I was surprised to find that. And this is all information from the Asian American Federation and uh, SALT. I believe strengthening South Asian communities in America. Oh, wow. I definitely didn't have um, San Antonio on the radar for the South Asian community. I definitely knew there was a big population in Dallas and Houston, but San Antonio is definitely shocking for me. Exactly. In fact, uh, so... For like the Pakistani population in the nation, Houston is the second largest population. Dallas is the fifth, and these are for metropolitan areas. And then for the Bhutanese community, Dallas is actually number one. Houston is number three. Sri Lankan, Dallas is number five. And the Nepalese community, Dallas is number three. And this is in the nation. It's it's crazy how fast this. These groups are growing, and we need to make sure that, you know, we're pay being mindful of that and being good stewards to all of these populations and growth in these districts and areas. Oh, wow. If, how about the Indian population? Are they kind of scattered all over America, or do they have a big stronghold in Texas as well? I think the biggest growth is definitely in these other um, different regions. I do know that, if I remember correctly, one of the largest concentrations are Asian alone or combination populations. The largest concentrations for Asians was 10, from 10% 10 to 2040, 24.9% was in the Dallas and Houston area. And then yeah. there was, yeah, so that is a huge growing population, very, very important. And I, I believe the, the Indian population, I think there's just larger uh, groups living in some of the bigger metropolitan areas like New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., but there's still a very large population and growing in Texas, I think, is the bigger part. They we're just getting out. We're getting, I think, outgrown uh, in some of these bigger cities, but um, I'm sure that'll change eventually, especially with the growth in Houston and Dallas, oh, very yeah. much in Dallas. <laughs> so, like, for example, um, so there were some census numbers from 2000. 2010 and the population and this is in the Asian Indian community more than doubled going from 49,181 to 106,964 in Collins, Dallas, Denton, Rockwell, and Tarrant. So within the decade and this is like this is again 2010 census data we saw it doubling in the Asian Indian population in Texas and I imagine it's still growing <laughs> and up into 2016 today. So I, it, the growth is there, and they're a very important population and community in our in our state. Wow, those are some really great stats, Anna. So, with our growing population, what are the major elections that the South Asian community can make an impact in? Absolutely, Dallas is on the radar for many, many people. Uh, there are several races in Dallas that I'd like to highlight. One is one of seven. That is currently the Kenneth Sheet seat and 105, and that's currently held by um, 
Rodney Anderson. Both of those have Democratic challengers. And unfortunately, in the 105 seat, that is where we saw the young gentleman, Mohammed, um, imprisoned and, and sent to jail for creating a clock. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a huge highlight. I know that the, the candidate who was on the other side of that, uh, her name is Terry Meza, phenomenal candidate, was there every step of the way. She's been with the, the Muslim and the interfaith community uh, before even her election and is a real testament. I really highly recommend anyone looking at her campaign and learning more about her. But she put a lot of effort into making sure that she was a good steward of what was going on during that. And that's a terrible way to treat it, uh, that situation. But you have, you know, I guess to toot our own horns, Democrats who understand the importance of being a big tent and knowing that all individuals are created equal and we're a nation of immigrants and rightfully so immigrants bring a phenomenal knowledge, technology, information, just different values, cuisines, everything that makes us better as a country and specifically as a state of Texas, which is the best state. But uh, so yeah, those are two, those are two races in, in Dallas area. I would really look at in Houston, it's more okay. South Houston and Marianne Fettis race, which is District 144, uh, is a, another big area. And then to highlight some of our current, oh, or did, oh, to highlight some of our current incumbents in the Houston okay. area, Representative Vo has been a strong member of the Vietnamese community. He does have a Republican opponent. And Representative Jean Wu has literally has one of the most diverse communities, diverse districts in Texas, uh, has an opponent as well. And they're both have been very active in the, all the Asian communities uh, in Houston. And then going into San Antonio, which has, again, has a very uh, large growing uh, Asian American population, we have 117, which is more southeast and into the north, north central part of Bear County. Uh, that is 117, currently held by Rick Galindo. And um, uh, we have a challenger by the name of Phil Cortez, currently serving in the Air Force and overseas and, uh, you know, asking for people's votes. I highly recommend everyone go out and learn more about these candidates and obviously make their own decisions. But as the ED of the Democratic Committee, I'm going to toot their horns a bit. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you for that. I would like to say that I really enjoyed um, watching Representative Vo and Representative Jean Wu on the House floor while working there. I Absolutely. think it would be really great candidates that would serve the South Asian community well. Um, so how is the Democratic Party catering to the South Asians? You know, a couple weeks ago, I actually did a political survey because I was having difficulty finding data on what policy issues South Asians really cared about. And, you know, some of the important things were obviously the economy, which is big for the nation as a whole, and Absolutely. education and health care. Those are the three biggest things that I've been seeing. Um, how do you feel the Democratic Party is going to cater to those issues and to South Asians in general? Exactly. I think that as Democrats, we're part of the Big Ten Party, and we want to make sure that everyone has a safe platform who wishes to take part, regardless of sex, age, orientation, or race. And I can't say the same about the other side. We've seen it in Texas. Not only did that happen to that young gentleman, up in the Dallas area, but it also happened during sessions. We had a we had a member who has actually lost in the last Republican primary. He used to make people swear on the uh, Israeli flag to swear yeah. to America and not 
no disrespect or any disregard of the importance of is uh, to the Jewish community, but I don't think that was her point. I think her point was one of maliciousness and hate, and that is not something that needs to be perpetuated in the Democratic Party. I don't believe it is. And I think since we are a nation built on immigrants, we have to make sure that our changing nation ensures that and everyone is brought to the table. And regarding the policy questions, we need things that help us directly. We need to re-regulate tuition, which every family, regardless of race or gender or orientation, they want a higher education. They want an education for their children. Medicaid expansion, which hurts doctors and nurses and hospitals, that is something we put we have put a stop to as a body, and the Republican majority has stopped it and not allowed this to go forth, and that hurts tons of not only urban communities, but mainly rural communities. And right. we're talking about some issues, even as, as intrinsic and important to us as water, that we can't move on and, and get going. Like, this, these are things that I feel as if we're in a point where you could call our legislature a do-nothing legislature. We move on silly things that don't have any impact on us and don't help us if we're looking for a job, if we're looking for health care, or we're looking for education for ourselves and our children. And that's something that I think everyone has a voice for. And as a big tent party, we need to make sure that we give everyone that platform. And I think that's how we're reaching into communities and making sure that people are welcomed, but also keeping a thumb on what's important to Texas. And that's health care, jobs, and education. I definitely agree with you. Those are things um, like education, tuition is something that would be really huge for the South Asian community. You know, a lot of our parents and that come here, and we're, I'm first generation um, Pakistani American, but education was the prime reason why our families came here, whether it was my parents attained a higher education or they wanted to make sure that their kids got a better education than what they could in the South Asian subcontinent. And I think it's really great that the Democratic Party is focusing on the tuition aspects of it because that's something that is really important for our community. I also think it's great that you're also mentioning that, you know, the Democratic Party is a big tent because for a lot of South Asians, you know, Islamophobia has been huge for us this uh, election cycle. You see it in some of the Republican candidates and what they're saying, and it's not even the Muslim yeah. communities that are dealing with this. You see a lot of the Sikhs and the Hindus Exactly. Because people are having a hard time differentiating between the different religions. So I think it's really great how you all are working to be more inclusive of everyone. Absolutely. And so my next question is for us Texans or even America in general, why do these local elections matter for South Asians and Muslims? Because you see a lot of people or I personally have a lot of South Asian and Muslim friends, and they're all posting about Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. And, <laughs> you know, I think local elections make a much bigger impact on our day-to-day -day lives, and I wanted to hear what your thoughts are. Absolutely. And I, I will be honest, I started off the same way. What got me excited was there was a guy by the name of Barack Hussein Obama who wanted to be president, and he just enthralled me and interested me and got me in. But as I learned more and I... I got deeper into the to the actual campaigns and the system. I realized how impactful local politicians and their actions were. And being in the Texas legislature and 
watching a Republican majority and what they can get away with without anyone noticing or seeing because we run our everyday to day lives and we don't should not expect someone who's working two jobs or working nine to five and trying to support a family to be the ones to keep up with us. We need to do the outreach back. But knowing how important these local campaigns are is extremely, extremely important. We're, there were things that were done during the Texas legislative session that we have not come back from, one being the $5.4 billion cut to public education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other being trying to dismantle a in-state tuition program for DREAMers. And that's not just the Hispanic community. That's all immigrant populations. Right. And they almost got away with it. But if it wasn't for local activism and work, I don't know what would have happened. And I don't want to think about it. But the local activism all the way up to the Texas Association of Business, people knew it would be bad and we were able to stop it. But if it wasn't for the students and their families coming to the legislature and telling them you need to stop, I don't know if it would have. I don't know if it would have stopped. So knowing that your vote and your action and your understanding of the process are just taking part. Some of these races, Azra, are decided by hundreds of votes, especially the ones in Dallas. And, I, and it's it's going to be phenomenal how close some of these races are. And granted, gerrymandering is a thing, but knowing that in 2020, we're going to have a whole new census. That's only five years from now. We're going to have a new census. We're going to have a new, an entire new process of deciding districts. And these growing populations are going to be taken, accounted, and considered when districts are drawn. And you don't know family is going to be put. And that's kind of scary. So there's a lot of things that the folks up in Austin and beyond, and even local, like local, local elections, the ordinances, water, even your school boards have a huge impact on what's going on and going to be happening in your daily life. I certainly agree with you on that point. I definitely think local elections matter a lot more to us on our day-to-day lives. And it's something that, you know, even just like you said, I didn't even think about it until I started working more in local politics. And I was like, wow, like this is something that affects me and my family every single day. And I had no idea about it. My parents have no idea about it. And while you were talking about gerrymandering and with the new census and all that information, do you think, you know, going forward that the Democratic Party or, you know, both parties will see those numbers and will, you know, try to you know, cater more if there is a larger South Asian Muslim population. So, you know, for example, if you see a ton of South Asians and Muslims voting in a certain area or populated in a certain area, does the Democratic Party take that into account and try to cater more to their values? I would believe so. I think this is something that as Democrats we're at least conscious of, and that is the movement of populations in general, especially with, like you mentioned, uh, redistricting coming up, all, all these different pockets of communities are going to have an impact and they're going to be considered and it's all going to be drug out. And I think holistically as a group coming together and seeing who we're bringing to the table, it's so diverse and I'm so excited about it. And I, I there's no doubt in my mind that Democrats want to be a good partner to the Asian and South Asian community in Texas, especially as the impacts they have 
it's so funny to talk about specific districts. So, for example, in uh, Representative Vo's district, we can talk about the different populations, the Chinese population, the Vietnamese population, and Representative Wu's district has a huge uh, Nepalese population, and like people take note and they do notice it. And I've seen it up in Austin all the way down to the district. And I know that I've tried to be a good steward of that and making sure that we don't know everything in Austin. I wish we did. I wish <laughs> I wish that I sat in ivory tower and I could make decisions, but I know that when I first talked to my chairs at the HDCC, I told them we need to be in the districts because that's where change and the people are and that's what's the most important. And I think all Democrats are are pledging to do the same. Okay, that's really great to know. And you know, my last question is, with all the Democratic candidates you work with, how much of them, like how much of their constituents' opinions do they take into account when voting on legislation? So, you know, I feel like a lot of South Asians feel that their vote doesn't matter, their representatives won't listen to them, but I always tell them that, no, you really can make an impact if you talk to your legislators. So what's your take with all your um, legislative and campaigning experience? Uh, you speak the truth, Azra. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea. Sometimes a, a bill idea. I know that some of our one of our biggest bills and pieces of legislation was from a constituent. They brought it to us. They told us what was going on and why they needed to change, and we submitted it. And they got a hearing. It didn't get much farther than that. <laughs> there are thousands of bills uh, put forth in session, as you know, every year. But we fought for that bill, and every. Everyone who came in with a good idea, we really tried to work for. And I know that when it comes to campaigns, a candidate work, worth their salt will spend half their time trying to raise money for their operation, of course, <laughs> that's tough. But the other half of it is knocking doors. And there's nothing stronger and more impactful than reaching out to a voter and speaking to them one-on-one. -on -one. And candidates know that. And I think it's it's reverse. You know, keep us accountable. Keep Keep candidates and elected to cannibal because ultimately you do have to say. You can vote for us and you you cannot vote for us. And I think that's a concern in all communities. You know, if you look at polling data, Latino men, they tend to trend with, you know, other um, Anglo voters. And I think the same can be said in several communities. And we, do, we should not expect anyone to vote for party just because of the party. We need to make sure that we're doing our homework and we're taking the time and reaching out to communities. And I can promise you that anyone associated with our organization, the Democrats are trying to do that. So I'm really excited to be working with the folks that I am. I love working in Austin with a lot of good Democrats and a lot of good progressive folks. And I hope to uh, keep on doing that and making sure that we're, again, good partners to all communities and, and to your radio shows to the South Asian community in particular. Oh, thank you so much for that. I am so glad that you reiterated the point that, you know, constituents' opinions really do take into account and giving a personal experience about how you took in, you know, someone's idea, a constituent's idea, and tried to pass a bill. And that's something that our community is very unaware about, and we don't necessarily know how to navigate that. So I'm really glad you pointed that out. So it was a fun. It was a fun bill. <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely can't wait to uh, talk to my listeners about how a bill 
gets passed because I just think it's a circus, but it's a lot of fun to navigate. Oh, navigate's a good word. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, because there's so many little nuances that you, you know, just never thought about, but that needs to be done. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Will, do you have any last words for us, Anna? No, just to thank you for your time. I have enjoyed my time here. I'm learning a lot very quickly, and I want to be uh, a good listener. So find us. Find us at Texas HTTC and um, Texas House Democratic Campaign Committee. Feel free to reach out, and I'm looking forward to this upcoming cycle. Sure. And what is your website, and do you all have a Facebook page that people can follow? We do have a Facebook page. It's probably the best place to get information at the Texas HDCC on Facebook. And we do have a Twitter handle as well, at Texas HDCC as well. Okay, awesome. So now our listeners have heard about your Facebook and uh, Twitter handles. So hopefully people will be following along and getting a little bit more information. And I'll definitely be talking about those candidates um, closer to the election day. I'll be all over Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Anna. I really appreciate your time. You gave us so much great insight and so many great statistics about how the South Asian population is literally booming in Texas. Exactly. Glad to do so. And and thank you, Ezra, for... So that's my segment for today. I'd like to thank my guest, Anna Ramon, for a wonderful and informative interview. She provided very insightful information about South Asians in Texas. I mean, who knew we were a booming population here? But as they say, everything's bigger in Texas. And I liked how she talked about how we can make a major impact in the 2016 local elections. Well, thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to check out my Facebook page and Twitter and my website, which is www.azrasiddiqi.com. Remember, guys. Let's become educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot.